Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Well, good morning. It's really good to see you guys. It's great to see you. Thank you, Father. Uh, You guys are just so beautiful. I love our Bethel family. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do feel like the Lord is going to do something uh, this morning. So, you know what, we... We at Bethel Atlanta, I'm just really honored and privileged to be part of just an incredible team of leaders. Do you guys know Mike and Kimberly Edwards over there in the corner? The Sa- Santa, Santa, Santa over there. Man, you guys, Mike and Kim are just a gift to this church. They're just our pastors. They spend countless hours one-on-one with people. I love, I get to meet Mike. Uh, we get to meet all the time. We just had lunch uh, this last week, and and when we're together, and I just get to hear stories about him touching one-on-one your guys' lives, and he preached a couple of weeks back, and it was just so beautiful. People were getting healed in the service, and just, man, it was just so wonderful. So I just honor you, Mike and Kim. Kim, too. Kim's a powerhouse. Man, this team over here, this couple, they're just a model to look up to. Yeah. Yeah, we just love you guys. Um, I really am honored just to be part of, yeah, just this wonderful community. And I I feel like during this morning, I I want you to get expectant to open up just your soul because I feel like the Lord is going to restore souls this morning. He's going to release healing and restoration to hearts. And I'm just excited to be part of uh, that journey and that process with you guys. And so... Uh, We're going to, if you could turn to Psalms 23, and as you're turning, I will uh, just pray. So, Father, we just thank you that you are the God that restores our soul, that you are the God that calls us to go from strength to strength, from glory to glory. And I just thank you for a body that knows how to walk with you, that knows how to hear your voice that knows the loudness of your voice, but also knows that, te- that still, small voice that really has the potential to restore us wherever we're at. And I just, uh, we just blessed these last couple years, just all the process that each of us have been through. And I just thank you, Father, that you wanna show up with your peace. You wanna show up with wisdom. I thank you for this morning that there's gonna be uh, tools into the supernatural, that, that moment of God that changes everything. But I also thank you for the wisdom that's gonna be released this morning, that we get to grow each day from glory to glory that we truly get to be formed into your image, into your likeness by following you. 
There's not a greater leader that we long to be led by than you. And we thank you that that's a day by day process. That's a moment by moment, just being conformed into your image. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, we're gonna start out, I'm just gonna read Psalms 23 to you guys. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Say it with me. Say amen. 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 So, <clears throat> I realized a couple months ago that I was depressed, that I was in full-on depression. And that was a moment, let me tell you. So about, about four years ago, I, I heard the Lord say something to me. He said, uh, hey, Justin, I want you to take some time. I want you to take a retreat by yourself. I want you to get away just to hear my voice, just to be with me. And so in, in 2019, I, I finally took a 24 hour period where I, I came on the property and um, I was gonna, I, I love to backpack. I love to be in nature. I love the woods. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of like my wild place. And so I came here and, uh, and I remember what stage we were at. Nothing was built out there. I know that stage was there. Nothing was there. And um, I ended up, uh, I'm going to go stay in the woods. So I'm bringing my hammock. I love to hammock camp, backpack. And so I have my pack with me. I'm walking through all those woods out there. And, you know, there's some beautiful acreage out on this back 55 acres. And as I'm there, um, I'm just excited. I decided to leave to go to the store for a moment. And when I come back, uh, my backpack is sitting, uh, not where I put it, it's sitting by this tree and there's this car parked out there and this man outside the car. And he drives up to me, and this is in our acreage out here. He drives up to me and he's like, uh, who are you? And not lying, feeling like I have a little authority in this place. Who are you? <laughs> So I looked at him and I, politely, I just said, ah, I'm Justin, uh, who are you? <laughs> I said, I'm Justin, I'm one of the pastors here. I'm one of the leaders here, who are you? And he told me who he was. And um, one of us just uh, in a beautiful way gave him some hunting rights out there. So he was doing some hunting. And, and before I went out that, that, uh, that, uh, that afternoon when I was walking through the woods, you know, I'm out there by myself. I'm going to the bathroom by myself out there. And I realized he has tree stands and cameras set up all over our woods. 
all over our woods. And I'm trying to be alone, vulnerable with God. I'm not gonna lie, the last time I did this, I found myself naked standing on my Bible in the woods by myself declaring things. It was really weird, it was a David moment. I was 19 years old, but just letting you into, this is me. So I am out there and I'm like, what is happening? So uh, it was a great interaction. He, dri he drives away and you know, it was, it was just fun. It was funny at that point, but I'm like, I'm not staying in these woods. I'm not gonna be out here with a bunch of cameras on me. This is the exact opposite of what I long to experience. And so I ended up uh, just actually coming. I think I slept up in one of the rooms up here and just kind of got to be that time with my, myself. Um, but I, I knew the whole time uh, that it wasn't exactly what the Lord was calling me to do. And, and some of my, my insecurities, some of my things that, you know, I know that I really struggle with is, is a lot of times I don't think there's enough for me. So there's always in my experience with the Lord, it's always felt like there's been enough for my family. There's enough, but when it comes to resource, when it comes to time or money, it's always like, ah, oh, can I really get away for longer than 24 hours? I have four kids, I have a, I have a spouse, I, I love to be with them, how, how can I do this? You know, can I pay money to go do something for myself? So this has been some of just an internal battle and so this all happened in 2018, early 19. And then the middle of 2019, I found myself uh, in my front yard and I was having a full blown panic attack. And I'm out there and you know, I've been, part of just uh, pastoral counseling, that whole world for 13, 14 years now. And so in the middle of it, I'm like having this out of body experience. I'm looking at myself as I'm full on, can't catch my breath, having a panic attack. And I'm like, Justin, you're having a panic attack. And just an out of body, like crazy, weird moment experience. And then a couple months later, I had the privilege. Uh, we, we grew up in California, so we got to go back to Reading where Jen and I lived for a few years and with my best friend, Dan Weber, and we're going back to a pastor's event. I'm excited. I feel like, oh, this is going to be exactly what I'm looking for. I'm just, woo, going to just receive and in that environment. And I hadn't been back in about seven years. And so I was just so you know, you ever have so much expectation towards something you're going into, whether it's a, it's a conference or an advance or just a moment you're like, God is going to meet me in this thing, in this place. And as I'm there, uh, Dan ended up going to a, a, an early morning session that started at eight. And I'd been the day before to an early session. And I just decided, ah, oh, I don't think I want to, to go to an early session. I want to show up at 10. And I, and I found myself in bed with the covers over my face, having a full another panic attack. And I'm like, this is awesome. I'm looking to go into glory, looking to get my soul restored, looking to, to experience perfection, which is you, Jesus, looking to experience the goodness of God. And here I am having a panic attack. And so I skipped all the sessions and, and ended up going that night and uh, just like, ah, oh, I'm in the, in the throes of just yuck. And then we go into 2020, the beginning of 2020. And if you're a prophetic person or if you're in our culture, 2020 is all about 
vision. Kingdoms of worlds are gonna become the kingdoms of our God. It's time for cities to be taken, signs, wonders, miracles. We're gonna save the lost. I mean, just like Jesus is gonna show up. People are having dreams left and right. Like this is the decade. We just got out of the decade of deconstruction. Now we're getting ready to go into the decade of revival. So excited. And then March hits. And I remember, you know, for myself, there was all these dreams and this uh, prophetic words around uh, pennies and change. And there was change in the air. And I just got done preaching a message about changes in the air and, and just, you know, the glory of God just really showing up. And I remember Amy Cole, love Amy. There's Amy, wave at us, Amy. We love you, Amy. You're just a, such an amazing woman of God. And she had two dreams about change. And this one, she saw change, uh, literally coins flying in the air and they turned into butterflies. And I'm like, yes, metamorphosis. God is getting ready to release metamorphosis over the church. Do you actually know what metamorphosis is or takes? Well, I didn't. I mean, I kind of did. I knew this little caterpillar turned into a butterfly and I'm like, yes, more Lord, let's do that. Excited, glory, changes in the air and turn into a butterfly. People left out some of the story of what that takes. All of you, I'm angry at you for this. You left it out. I'm teasing. So metamorphosis, this process of change is not exactly what I thought. The change inside the chrysalis is slow, gradual, and gruesome. It's extremely painful. The caterpillar's body digests itself. More, Lord! <laughs> the caterpillar attacked, um, pardon me, attaches itself to um, the, uh, the underneath of a tree branch. And then the caterpillar's um, juices, the same juices that do digestion, for their food earlier, digest themselves. More, Lord. And then, so this is just like a crazy, uh, gruesome process. And then um, the, um, the older body is broken down into imaginal disc cells. And these cells are literally, I mean, talk about something that's so natural, but so supernatural. These imaginal disc cells are what actually begin to form the, uh, the caterpillar's uh, butterfly wings. And there's really just this beautiful process. But this experience of being the soup, in the middle of soup, this is the part that I don't remember people talking about much, especially in the charismatic church. We love to talk about all the, bam, here it is. 
Here's the caterpillar. We forgot to mention the soup that was happening. And I found myself in soup. I found myself in hell where it felt like everything was being digested from the inside. And we have this beautiful, cute phrase, and it felt cute in the moment because Steve Hale told me when he first moved here, he says, our insides are bigger than our outsides, but that process takes some deep, painful formation. It takes us looking at things we may have never wanted to look at. What's interesting about the caterpillar is they say that after he turns into the butterfly, the, cal- the caterpillar still remembers, pardon me, the butterfly still remembers his caterpillar stage. They actually have um, looked at that they have memory to remember what actually happened during from caterpillar into the metamorphosis process, that they have memory of that. And so, I just, yeah, I was just having a real hard time. And I found myself uh, more and more introverted, more and more not, re- being, wa- not wanting to be around people, more and more just not being able to want to get out of bed. And finally, a couple months ago, just like, Lord, you know, truthfully, I felt real connected to God. I felt, I felt him in the whole entire process, but I realized that I was massively disconnected from myself. I wasn't connected in here. And You know, I, I'm, I was thankful for the last 14, 15 years walking through kind of some of the tools and process that I had learned just regarding of growing up, growing from glory to glory, from strength to strength, from faith to faith, um, into formation and transformation. And, you know, we, we all very much love you know, the transformation process, the formation process that happens in Romans 12, where it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed with that word transform is metamorpho, which, which is a similar word to the metamorphous process that they talk about with a butterfly. So it's to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And, you know, I, I, again, in that process, we we don't always uh, talk so much about how, uh, how challenging, fearful, scary it is to confront our thoughts, to confront our feelings to actually stop and look at them. And I was, I was encouraged that 
I'd already took the last, especially uh, um, eight to five years, really looking at what it looks like for transformation to happen in people's lives. And one of the three ingredients I have found to growing in health is forgiveness, repentance, which the, the church itself is very familiar with, um, forgiveness and repentance. But the third one that I found to be life-changing was mourning and grief work. And mourning is actually um, the process. It's actually taking the grief and walking through it into mourning, into comfort. Because it says, blessed are those who mourn, happy are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. So I had already been through a lot of uh, just grief work, just mourning work, a lot of the process of, of pain, looking at my family of origin, looking at my own life story, beginning to uh, do my best to own my story. One of the ways you start to realize that um, there's just a new level of glory on your life is when you're able to own your story. And you're not looking at it anymore through shame, but you're looking at it through the eyes of the blood of Jesus that has covered you. And now when you tell it, you realize that it's gonna release transformation and breakthrough to others. And there's no shame that can be attached to that or condemnation or any of that stuff. And that's just the message of the cross. That's the message of the gospel that he actually took us and, and when we became a believer, a, a new creation in Christ, in that moment, there really was, we have a new self. That we are a new self and our old self is no longer the dominant self that's living in us, but it's actually this new place because we're then hidden within Christ. We're in him. We cannot get separated from him. But it's interesting where Christ will take you. Because we love to talk about the heavens, but David talks so much about the hells, about Sheol, about the valley. And we love to be seated in heavenly places, but we forget in our natural state as we grow from glory to glory, you're gonna go through some hells. And I found a culture and a people that are real afraid of hell. But if he's there, hell's okay. I'm going to say that again. If he's there, this is going to be okay. Because it's not the internal hell. <laughs> internal hell is separation from God. That's hell. That's horrible. This kind of hell is not that hell. This Sheol. And so I, I, I found myself in bed this one day. And I'm just like, ah, the soup was just full on. And I, you know, pull out Google. Shouldn't pull out Google, ever. And I type in depression. And I read it. And I'm like, wow, I have every single one of those symptoms. I'm diagnosing myself, which you shouldn't do either. You should always get help. But anyway, I'm like, wow. And again, just I was feeling ah, so alone, so isolated, so like I'm not enough. And some of my biggest hell guys is wrapped around uh, just some of my call which is, you know, I knew I was called to the church when I was like 
14, 15, 16, somewhere in that age. And I love the church. I love the body of Christ. I love seeing the kingdom come. I love the supernatural. I love the encounters with God that change everything. I love blind eyes opening. I love deaf ears opening. I love all this stuff so much. And, but in this last 10 years, just watching so much heartbreak, watching people that I had been running with for 25, 30 years that now are just like, they're done. They're not walking with the Lord anymore. They've done so much deconstruction that they've deconstructed themselves out of Jesus as Messiah, as Son of God, as crucified, risen. And it's all become about this weird perversion of self, this weird perversion of me, rather than this submitted new self that finds our King of glory and I'm in him and with him. And, and then, you know, just walking with people and watching you know, so much destruction and divorce happen and pain happen and, and just this stuff. I, and I realized so much that I was carrying so much of that in me that I did what I preached not to do, but I had became, I had a Jesus complex. Guess what? You're not Jesus. Yes, you want to be conformed into his likeness. It doesn't make you him. <laughs> you didn't take the sin of the world on your back on the cross and then rise again from the dead. He's the only one that could do that as a perfect savior, as God with us who came and bore all of our sin, our sickness, our sorrow. And so I just found myself just oh, in depression. And so I read that and I'm like, whew, okay. And in the moment I read it, a joy came over me. Why did a joy come over me? Because depression and anxiety are simply symptoms of something else going on. They're only a symptom. I, I'm a huge, you guys, I'm a huge fan of science and the medical community. I'm a really big fan, guys. And I, uh, again, this will freak some of you out in our world, but there's times I cancel clients, I mean, counsel clients and I'm with them and I'm like, yeah, I thank you that you're going to a psychiatrist and they're gonna help you get over this hump with some medication, things like that. I am so, I'm thankful for those things. But again, it's supposed to get us over a hump. And so being thankful there, and then I'm so thankful also for being in the supernatural community where we're like, boom, and literally the glory of God falls and chemicals line up and things leave. I'm the biggest fan of it all. I like it all, guys. I'm that weirdo that likes it all. And so I'm, I'm in this moment and I literally feel joy and I'm like, oh. And the hard thing with me is I've been trying to figure out what's going on with me. And... So this joy hits me and, and I go back to this verse and I go back to what I've read hundreds and hundreds of times, Psalms 23. And I go back to it and the Lord is my shepherd. He's my pastor. He's my leader. He's my friend. He's my father that I know he's my shepherd and I shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures. 
And so in this moment, um, one of the other things I highly recommend for all of us is this word called help. Everybody say that with me, help. I need help. Are you ready? This is gonna sound um, like heresy at first. I need help more than God's help. He said in the garden, it's not good for man to be alone. That was imperfection. That was before sin had come in. He actually said it's not good because he created us not as only as individuals, but he created us as a body and that's what completes us as being together. This is why the picture of marriage is so beautiful because there's a completion when you're not alone. And again, if God's called you to singleness, there's gonna be a beauty in you having brothers and sisters in Christ that ultimately fill this place of completion. And so, in that moment when, when I'm experiencing this, experiencing this I'm, I'm realizing I need help. And so Jen's a huge hand of help. She's a fan of help. She's modeled help. Again, you guys, if you guys haven't got her book, um, The War on Your Voice, I highly recommend it. It's life-changing because Jen's gone through the process of soup, <laughs> hell. And in that, there's keys that will release life to you. And so as I'm in this process, I'm like, okay, Jen's already been telling me to get help for a little while. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'll go get some, I'll go get some help. And so I ended up um, uh, getting some help, receiving some counseling, and, and it was so helpful. And uh, during one of the sessions, he, he, said, he said, Justin, it's so good that the Lord drove you into a ditch because it's way better to go into a ditch than it is off a cliff. And immediately when I hear that, I remember a moment when I was, I think it was about 18 and... Jen and I, we've been together since we were, uh, I was 16, she was 15. We've been together a long time. And uh, we had done some of the break up, get back together thing in high school. If you're in high school, don't date. It just, just, you're not, you're just not ready for a commitment, guys. You're not, you're not ready. I know now everybody's, everybody's gonna get mad at me, but it's okay, you know, just, just wait. You know, your brain doesn't develop till you're like 25. So just kind of wait for it. I'm playing. Don't, don't wait till you're 25. I love actually getting married young. Someone I'm playing. So we had broke up and gotten back together. And I remember uh, this one moment where we, we had just broken up and I had just gone up and got some help from a youth pastor friend of mine. And I'm driving around, I'm around these real windy cliffs and I hear, I hear this, uh, this thing in my head that says, uh, why don't you just drive off this cliff right now? And pardon me, I hadn't got help yet because then I immediately I hear that thing, I'm like, ah, a demon's talking to me, I need to go get some help. <laughs> so I drove to the youth pastor's house and told him, hey, I just got attacked by a demon. So, you know, I heard this thing of, of, of just drive off a cliff. And, you know, I've worked with people uh, that have walked through suicidal, that have walked through cutting, that have walked through all those, those kind of horrors. And in the middle, in the middle of all that type of stuff, he is with you. He is with you. And one of the reasons why suicidal tendency or cutting starts to happen, it, it's, 
it's there's something far worse than pain. It's called being numb. God actually gave us feelings to let us know there's something wrong. He gave us nerve endings in our body to let us know there's something wrong. A lot of our charismatic prayer, which I pray it all the time, which is a little weird, which is pain go. We actually don't want pain to go. We want the restoration of whatever's wrong to be restored. Please, if you play pain go, I play it all the time. So I'm not gonna stop praying that. But we want to feel, because one of the scariest moments was a couple weeks before, I felt numb. I felt this overwhelming sense of all these burdens kind of piling up on me. And I just, I finally said, screw it. I just feel numb. And that's a scary place to be. That was one of the most scarier experiences I've had of just, okay, I'm just done. And I literally want to escape. And I vaguely remember that moment of wanting to drive off a cliff. And it's just like this run thing, this, this escape. I need an escape. And it was this kindness during that moment because I was just like, I just want to, I don't know where, I'm just going to go, be gone, leave. Go live in an island by myself. And the Lord reminds me, hey, Justin, in 2018, I, I asked you to go on a retreat. I asked you to take some time because I wanted to minister to you. And he did it with such love and compassion, but I knew it was about three years too late. I knew that st still small voice that was trying to draw me into the wilderness, trying to draw me into the desert, trying to draw me into the valley. He was drawing me back in. And I was scared of it, but I had great joy. And skip down to verse four. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. And I felt him look at me, say, come here, come into this with me. Come into this valley of the shadow of death. Don't run from it. Don't intercession yourself out of it. Don't go try to find another encounter or spiritual experience. Come into it with me, come here. And in that I felt peace and joy. And I knew he was saying, because he wanted, what did he want to do? He wanted to transform something. He wanted to metamorphose something. He wanted to take something that I had been carrying as a healthy yet mere man. And he wanted to give it wings. He wanted to become a spring in the midst of the valley of Baca. He wanted there to be a place of rejoicing at the end of this. And so very gently I said, I heard him say, come. And uh, not long after that, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go, go take this retreat. And I ended up in about four hours, I wrote a retreat out for myself and I, I knew I was supposed to go. And I talked to Jen, I'm like, hey, sweetie, I wanna go away for five days and just be alone with God. And in that moment, in that, in that place, I 
uh, I ended up writing out this, you know, kind of experience where the first 24 hours, I'm going to sit in silence and solitude. No music, no writing, no reading, no anything, but silence, stillness, solitude, you and me, God. I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to listen to me. I'm going to do both. Uh, the next day I was going to do uh, a reflection where I take and I own my story. I asked myself, how did I feel from zero to five? How did I feel from six to 13? What were the feelings? What were the main influences in my life? What were the God encounters? What were the, the situations? Who were the influences? Where was the pain? Who were traumatic experience? And so I, I, I did uh, just owning my story. And then the next day, the, the third day I did... Uh, thankfulness. I did 25 things that I was thankful for, 10 things of declaration, and just 10 dreams. And I knew the whole entire time that the Lord wanted to release rest and enjoyment through his presence, through nature and beauty, through food. I love food. Amen. My problem with depression, I didn't do the not eat, I did the eat, <laughs> which doesn't fill you up in a real healthy way. It just fills you up in a different way. Um, and then just fun, just enjoying myself. And <clears throat> so the very first day of the silence, I don't know if you've ever done this, but when you do nothing, I, I told Jen and the family, I said, hey, we're going to go back to how it was in the early 90s, in the early 80s, where it's impossible to get a hold of somebody. Do you guys remember this time? Greatest thing I hear, oh, I don't have it on me because I don't care, the phone, is we're like, well, what if something bad happens? Well, it can, he'll be there in 24 hours. And trying to be callous is just true. So I said, I'm going to, I'm not going to be able to be, get a, um, be able to get a hold of. And <clears throat> so the first couple hours felt like about four days. Like I'm in this beautiful place, a beautiful, godly, glorious, peaceful lake house that was just the, it was awesome. And like every 30 minutes I'd get up and go to a different chair. Thankfully this house had about 40 chairs in it. So they were nice. So I got to like sit in 40 chairs like a hundred million times just over and over. Um, so, and you know, not speaking. I'm a, I'm a um, um, external processor. Oh man, I woke up, I wake up and something flies out of my mouth. Literally, I'm still speaking as I don't even remember what I said. It's like, good morning self. I don't even know what I said, but I'm talking out loud. I'm like, great, I'm starting my day of silence and I already fail. I already struggle with that stuff enough. And then it was a couple hours later, um, I saw something, I'm like, oh, wow, that's so sweet, flies out of my mouth. Later on that night, I'm in a hot tub and I see a shooting star and I'm like, that's so beautiful, like super loud. I'm like, I shocked myself because at that point I hadn't talked for like 10 hours. You know, I'm like, wow, that's what speaking sounds like. That's a little scary. Yeah, I love beauty. So in this place, I remember this moment and the greatest thing I found out that I was real disconnected from myself. Again, I, I was, I'm not enough. I'm not enough for every marriage to get healed. I'm not enough for all those friends who've walked away from the Lord. I'm not enough to solve all those things. 
And that question as a pastor, well, if you would have just called him one more time, if you would have, if would have, should have, could have, talk about a scheme of the enemy. And I realized I was battling a religious spirit and a religious spirit tells you you're not enough. And a religion puts on you, you have to be enough for everyone. You have to be enough for your spouse, for your kids, for your job, you, all, you just have to be enough. And I could feel that getting pushed in me the last two years. This, and it was so subconscious, guys. If you would have came up and asked me, I would have never in a million years thought that that was going on in me. But I realized I didn't feel like enough. And in that not being enough, I felt worthless. I felt worthless. I felt worthless. And rather than, I'm not worthless. All the verses in the world, all the scriptures in the world, all the declarations, all the intercession, I sat in that with that father, with the father. I sat in that feeling. I sat in that experience. I sat in that hell. And he was with me and he just kept on looking at me. Come on, keep on coming. Again, we're not meant to make our camp in the valley of the shadow of death. But if you never experience winter, I wonder what your fruit really is, what it really is, what your tree is really producing. If you never experience the winter season, I wonder if your fruit is fake, is plastic, is skewed with religion, because I know that some of mine was. And it's what religion pulls on us, is there's more, you have to do more. The city hasn't been saved yet, what you doing? It's been eight years. feeling those things, just being in those emotions, being in those hard moments of not being enough. And the Lord was tender to me in the last four years, so tender, so gracious, so kind. And after about seven hours of silence, it was about two Two in the afternoon, I hear this thought come out of me. And before I share the thought, I realize, you know, as that little re religious boy who longed to please father and mother and church and family and just trying to do such a good job, and that harsh, self-critical thing that religion does that just accuses you. And even having some life-changing encounters. I had a sozo when I was uh, 23 that changed my life where I sit on the father's lap and he says to me, you don't have to do a thing and you're worth it. This thing that I'd preached and talked about for the last 20 years that was really a marking moment, a metamorphosis moment, a, a, a changing moment. I was here again in a different way, in a different way. And I hear come out of myself, of my spirit. I hear, wow, Justin, speaking to myself. 
wow, I really like myself. And immediately, I hear Father, Son, and Holy Spirit say behind me, we really liked you. We really like you too. And this moment of like, I miss you. And I can... (laughs) Not express enough the moment where it just felt like there was this integration. There's this moment of feeling like I'm in hell. Alone yet, could hear the Father keep on coming, keep on coming. And I could feel myself experience a moment of integration a moment of alignment of peace for the body, soul, and spirit. And I felt that moment of he restores my soul. He restores my soul. I walked out from that moment feeling the restoration of my soul. The integration of the things that I lost, and we all have our different struggles and the things that you lose. But I lost myself. Where I was walking around feeling used, guys. We have this interesting prayer use me, God. That sounds good until it's this yucky use that's not God, it's the spirit of religion. We know that. We know it's never God. But where it just drives you to do more. such a disconnected place. And I felt the restoration of my soul. And I really felt like this morning that the Lord wanted to restore some souls. And you guys, some of you, (laughs) the last four years, it wouldn't have been that moment without the last four years. I get to the next day and I think I'm gonna go into some deep grief and mourning work. At that moment, I didn't mourn at all. And I heard the father say, you've been mourning the last five years. You've been walking through this hell the last five years. You just didn't know it at the level that you were walking through it. And he said, I'm proud of you. Some things that you can't get in the encounter, you gotta get through the process because God is all about process. He is not a destination driven God. It's like from the garden through revelations. He loves the journey and the process and he just loves to be with us, with us in that process. So if you would, would you stand with me? And if I could, could I get some music on in the back? Some, sorry, I didn't prepare you for this, but something worshipful if, yeah, just some... Uh, Stephanie has a a new album. Can someone help? Can we pull up Stephanie's album? Is that possible? And I just want you to put your hand on your heart. You're going to have to get your kids here in a moment. But I just want to take a moment to minister. Not just for me, but with our team, with each other. Because this is the other thing that I I didn't get to mention. Guys, I, I didn't do this alone at all. In the midst of hell, we have, we have a great team and my wife has been leading our core team 
um, through uh, just just this growth work, just integration work. And, and so twice a week, I mean, probably twice a month, we meet together and we share, we share heaven and hell together. We share thought, feeling. We share the testimony. But we also share how we're feeling and I shared with the team, and I'm so grateful to be a part of such a safe team, and I shared with them through bawling for about, I don't know how long it was. It felt like it was an hour, but it was probably about seven, eight minutes, and I'm going, sharing with them my hell, that I'm in depression, and then I run into the bathroom, and I lock myself in the bathroom like a three-year-old, and I'm like, I, do, I can't leave. How do I escape? Please let me escape, and Jen came and got me out of the bathroom, and she said... She said, honey, I'm here for you. Can I take you home? But we have a safe group and you need safe people to do this stuff with, guys. You need friendships and, and people that have given their life to this kind of a, a thing of being discipled, not just on the high moments, but also in the low moments. And we have a team that, that shares one another in those moments. And they were there for me and, and encouraged me and prayed for me and were generous towards me. And I, I just wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna pray for people. So if you just feel like there's a, a place of your store, of your soul being restored, I want you to come to the front. And we're just gonna get our hands on each other. Not just me, I'm not the only one gonna pray for you, but we want each other. We're gonna get our hands on each other. The Lord wants to restore souls. Mind, emotions, will. He wants to bring peace and peace that, that, that goes through winter, that knows how to celebrate spring and summer, but knows how to go back into fall season, knowing that he's gonna hold your hands into winter. This is the God that we serve. And so if you would, right now, at first I want just to put our hands on our hearts. Father, 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 I thank you I thank you that you're with us there in Sheol and you're calmly, lovingly provoking us to keep on walking, keep on moving. And you're over and over saying, I'm with you. 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 I am with you. I'm with you. I'm with you when you feel like you're in heaven and you feel like everything is on top of the world and there could be a not a greater level of anointing, of favor, of increase. And I'm with you in the valley of the shadow of death where you feel like you're not enough. Where you feel like you're disconnected from others, disconnected from yourself. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you want to offer that you don't just look up from heaven and say, what you doing down there in hell? You actually go there with us and you're leading us. You're leading us through this place into a restoring of our souls, a place of integration, a place where mind, body, soul
Some of you, like myself, you just have so much self-judgment. You are just the enemy of your own story. You're the one, and, and I, I know this so well. You're the one that's telling yourself you're not enough. This is some of how I lost myself. And I felt the Lord very gently, very kindly. Say, Justin, stop judging yourself. Where we just cast off that place of judgmental. We cast off that place of cynicism towards ourselves. And we just invite that still waters that literally restore our souls that you want to and long to give us a place that gives us rest. For those that you've asked to, to take a moment and go be alone. But I feel like what the Lord is saying to most of you is it's time to let other people in. It's time to let others in. It's time to jump over that scary line of others and share your story. And I, I wanna, right now, as you're listening, I wanna release a key. You guys, you need to stop talking about other people's stories. The only story you're in charge of telling is your own. Even in the prayer chain movement thingy that happens. Do you know what this person did? We gotta pray for them. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm angry at that thing because that's released hell over the world where there's no safety. The only time you can tell somebody else's story is when they say, you can tell my story. Until then, you, hurt, you hold it in your heart. I don't tell Jen anything about other people because it's about other people. I share everything about me. So we wanna create a safe friendship group like that where we actually get to hold and cherish other people's stories and we get to walk with them arm in arm, hand in hand, like brothers and sisters in Christ towards a greater level of glory a greater level of freedom, a greater level of moving into being the body of Christ. I want you to right now put your hand on your, uh, the brother and sister around you. I just want you to stretch out. Thank you, Father. Father, I just wanna say, truthfully, the last couple years have felt like hell in the midst of the corporate church. And I just ask for a sense of your unity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit connection amongst our body, that they would find brothers and sisters, they would find deep, intimate friendships that can share and own and together be in each other's stories, the good, the bad, the scary, the places we need to repent, all of it. We just say we are an authentic people. We are an authentic, vulnerable people who know how to stay in a safe community. We just thank you for, I just release the spirit of safety, 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 safety. 
And I just, uh, uh, some of you right now, you're actually remembering places that you've been violated by other people, that they shared your story, they gossiped about you, they did things and it really deeply hurt you. And you said, I'm never doing that again. And right now, I just long for you. You're gonna probably have to walk through the grief process, the mourning process, but in that, the Lord wants to restore something and I want you to forgive him. Release forgiveness. And then the interesting thing about this whole message, guys, it's not only a moment, it is the journey. This is the journey. Father, I just thank you as we lock arms together that we are together on this journey. We are together on this journey. And so I thank you that togetherness destroys loneliness. And that takes bravery, it takes fortitude and courage to walk out to one another and invite them to coffee, to look for friendship, for look to not only the, the surface friendships, but a deep place of being seen and known as a community, being safe. So I just thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for what you're doing. And just put your hand on your heart one more time. And Father, any part of the spirit of religion that has just whispered in our ears for years, you're not enough, you're worthless. You're not enough, you're worthless. I just thank you that we get to face that accuser with the gospel. <laughs> the gospel said, you're right, I wasn't enough. But then Jesus nailed my not enough to the cross. He nailed it to the cross and his blood changed everything. And in that, he made me enough because of his perfect sacrifice. So we just cancel any of this religious spirit that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And we just release the voice. In any place that our voice has partnered with that accusing spirit, that our voice, we just, we thank you that you're even restoring the way we talk to ourselves. We're restoring the voice that we talk to ourselves in. And so I just repent for those moments of not being kind to myself. <laughs> that I wasn't kind to myself like you're kind to me. And I just, we invite the beauty of restoration and forgiveness that restores the standard. You restore the standard. If you feel like you're in winter time, I could say it night, I could say it not nice. <laughs> you're in the valley of the shadow of death. I want to actually spend a, a couple moments of really ministering to you together. And um, again, uh, I'm not. Uh, we just. I just want you to be bold right now because we just wanna minister, let the body minister to you. If you're in that, I'd love you to raise your hand and I, wanna, I want people around them, if you feel like you're in this place, this tormenting place, this place 
Um, and I, this is the place where I feel like the Lord invites people into. <laughs> so I would love for you that are around them. I'd love you to gather around them. Please, church, gather around them. Anybody who has their hands up. And I, I don't want you to say anything right now, those that are praying. I, I want you to pray in your head. Thank you, Jesus. I, I just, I thank you, Father, for that moment I had that actually an internal joy sprung up in my soul when I realized that I was in the valley of the shadow of death because I knew that you were leading me into a breakthrough. I knew that you were leading me into a metamorphosis and I got familiar with the soup, but I could feel transformation on the other side. So right now for every single one of these at the sound of my voice, I thank you for this process. And I thank you that more than anything, the reason we can face this process is because you're with us. Any part of them that doesn't feel that you're with them, I break that off in the name of Jesus and I just release God Emmanuel. God that's with me, that's with me, that's with me. thanks with a grateful heart the song you sung the other day preaching can you lead us in that I would give you a mic um, does anybody know where is Vanessa here does anybody know that whole song because I don't think I'm going to be able to I'm a, I could sing it this is where at moments we get to say and let the weak say I am strong and the poor say I am rich and Oh, there she is. That was a good choice, Justin. So I was about to belt it out. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Grace is here. Grace is here. The empowerment, the empowerment of God to walk you through, to walk you through, to walk you through. And I say as a culture, we refuse to diminish winter anymore. We just thank you that in winter, our roots get really, really strong. Our trunk gets really, really strong. When all the fruit is off our tree, we just say we are getting stronger because we are together. We are together. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.